Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play. The biggest tailgate party in the state is right here. No, we be tailgating. It's the Wade Ford Tailgate Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, Harper. Do you want to do you want to talk about all the music here on the Wade Ford Tailgate? He's the uh, wait, you are the music. You and Noel are the music directors today. You got to figure it out. Guys. No, I don't. You just a Detroit theme. We're playing. Yeah, I know it's Detroit. playing in the Motor City today. Did you know that, John? But. 90% of the Do audience. you want to hear Bob Seger only? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk Thank about you, it. Uh, it's three hours now to kick off in Detroit. Uh, this is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Former Falcon Harper LaBelle, our Falcons reporter and insider Joe Patrick, alongside John Fricke at top of the hour. At 11 o'clock, we'll turn it over to the network. Chris Goforth, Mike Johnson, as they take you to the 1 o'clock kick with Wes and Dave from Ford Field in Detroit. All right, let's get a little injury update. The injury report brought to you by Fire Sauce. It is the new sauce from the W Sauce. Bigger, better, bolder, and spicier. Visit the WSauce.com to find a retailer near you. We'll get to Detroit in just a moment, Joe Patrick, but uh, let's talk first about the Atlanta Falcons. Jeff Akuda going back to his old team where he was once a top five pick in the NFL draft, and we have not seen Joker yet this year. So where do the Atlanta Falcons stand in terms of their health for this game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. We'll get to them in just a second. I do just want to cover our bases here with everybody who is on the injury report for the Falcons. Troy Anderson will be ready to go. He's out of concussion protocol. Bud Dupree missed practice on Thursday with an illness, but he was back in practice, full practice on Friday, so he should be ready to go as well. And then Calais Campbell's on there because he got a rest day. So those guys will be ready to go. That leaves Jeff Okuda and Cordero Patterson. Very interesting situations for both these players. Okuda returned to practice last week, started limited, I think he got into a full practice by the end of the week, but did not end up dressing for the game day roster last week. Um, He's been practicing in full all this week. And if you look at the track for Mike Hughes, another Falcons cornerback who missed quite a bit of time with a training camp injury, he returned to practice, limited practice, was not activated for a game, then had full practice the full next week, and then was activated for last week against Green Bay. So if you keep that track, that would tell you that Jeff Okuda will play today. I don't know if that will be the case, but he is he is listed as questionable. And this is a big game for him. It's a return game, returning to Detroit where he came where he was drafted. Um came under a lot of scrutiny for play. Really, it was from injuries that he racked up there. Um, but I know that he really, really wants to play in this one. And, you know, the Falcons could use his his abilities um, in, the, in the secondary as that opposite corner of uh, A.J. Terrell. Cordero Patterson is where it gets even more interesting, I think, because he practiced all last week, was not activated for 
uh, for the game against the Packers, surprisingly. I think everybody thought he would be because he had been back in practice, was continuing to practice this week, and then suddenly missed Thursday, did not practice at all, was back on the injury list with a, his a thigh, is what they're, they're listing it as, uh, but then was back in limited practice on Friday. So he's once again questionable. If I had to guess, I think Okuda plays and Patterson doesn't, but um, but it's anybody's guess at this point, to be perfectly honest. If CP84 does play, uh, and suddenly, Harper, you put that joker into the offensive package, how different does it look? I mean, do we haven't really, since we haven't seen it yet, do we really know how they're going to use him? No, we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him since last year. We don't know what he's going to do. But he brings a power run, if you're going to give it to mm-hmm. him uh, from the pistol formation or something like that, that that he and Tyler Algier together, you, you know, they don't mind bumping into guys. You know, they're pinball guys. Uh, go ahead and hit me. I'm going to bounce off it. But it does present, now where do you put Bijan if you keep him in? Is he going to be a slot? You're going to line him up at the outside? Again, the ability for you to create a little bit of confusion in what the defense is going to do, that that obviously comes into play when you put uh, 84 on the field. Did you did you find it surprising at all how many times Bijan split wide last week? Yes. It did, did surprise too. me because... I mean, I, once or twice, but it was like four, five, six times. Yeah. Well, most of those times he would go for in motion, so you're going to find out whether or not they're in zone or man, and go back right next to where Desmond is. But he stayed out there a couple of times, and you give him the ball right away. You give him one of those uh, quick little screen passes out there where the quarterback doesn't even get the laces. He's just throwing it out there as quick as he can, and you expose whatever the defense is, is doing. If they've got one guy short, uh, you take advantage of it by getting him the ball right away. Well, much has been made in Detroit about how banged up the Lions are, and they lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now, this is the the Lions' luck, I guess. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was their big get in free agency. They paid him millions of dollars to come over from Philadelphia, led the league in interceptions last year, two games in, he's out for the year. He had surgery this week for a torn pack. That that is a massive, Huge. massive blow, and maybe one that the Falcons can exploit. But it's not their only injury. He really, he really brings a lot of personality that Dan Campbell likes to that defense, and I think for that reason also, it's it's a big miss. Another guy who went on injured reserve this week for the Lions is Justin Houston, a former Georgia Bulldog who's had a ton of success in his career rushing the passer, and he was really a guy that. Uh, was having some success, not just for himself, but also getting Aiden Hutchinson uh, freed up a little bit on that other side. I think that's going to be a big miss for the Lions as well. But those two players are just the guys that went on injured reserve. They've got a handful of guys who are going to be out this week. Taylor Decker, their starting left tackle, is going to be out. One of their their other safety, Kirby Joseph, is going to be out. So they're going to be without both of their starting safeties, their free safety and their strong safety. Uh, defensive back Manuel Mosley is going to be out, and uh, their guard Vitae is going to be out. And David Montgomery, that's another huge one. Their, their, their kind of bell cow running back is going to be out. That's going to put a ton of workload on Jameer Gibbs, the former Georgia Tech and Alabama product, who, again, was one of these kind of controversial first-round running back draft picks, but certainly a guy who has a lot of explosion. Uh, and then it does look like in the wide receiver core, looks like Josh Reynolds is going to be able to go. And then the most important one, Amon Ross St. Brown, a lot of questions about him dealing with a turf toe, but it does seem like they've got a shoe, some equipment that's going to be allow him to be able to play today. Yeah, they're going to put a steel plate in Amon Ross. I, you know, if you you've got a steel plate, Harper, I'm, I'm sure I'm not sure you're doing dig routes. There are a lot of construction sites in uh, Detroit where they can get some shoes, they can paint them white, and uh, you know, put a Nike logo on it, and then he can <laughs> he can run routes Red with, with that. Red Wings, or yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want to jump ahead to the next segment of the keys of the game, but what, what Joe just listed here, when you're talking about both of your safeties are out, your star and your other starting safety, and one of your corners, uh, is this a case where you know? Um, 
The Atlanta Falcons, uh, hey, listen, here's, oh, no, it's not. It's play action and over the top. And maybe Drake London today and Mac Hollins have more of a say, and maybe even Kyle Pitts. Do you exploit the fact that Detroit's injured? If Arthur Smith isn't salivating with his play calling right now, especially because the defensive line, and he mentioned Houston being out with a broken ankle, but they haven't been able to put a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback yet. Yep. At this point, last year, I, he probably had one, but uh, Aiden Hutchinson at the end of the year had nine and a half sacks as a rookie. He's got none right now. Mm-hmm. And so they are struggling to put a pressure together. And when you've got a depleted secondary, one of the things that the Detroit – Lions have done over the past couple years is build their depth. Well, it's going to be challenged today because, as Joe mentioned, there's a whole half a roster full of guys that aren't going to be able to play today. Very fortunate for the Falcons to play them at this time. But, yeah, I think we go over the top or at least attempt to. Or deeper routes that we haven't done successfully against Green Bay, for example, or in Week 1, uh, those might be open today. And I look forward to a, a big number out of Desmond. Uh, this uh, portion of the uh, Tailgate Show is brought to you by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. To that point, you know, just kind of playing a, a little bit on this uh, – Back in, and I keep harping back to this, but because the only thing I think we as Falcons fans really can go to, back in 2016, that team, uh, that Super Bowl team, stayed healthy. And that was one of the keys to that team. For example, the entire starting offensive line played in every single game. I think it pretty much played every snap of every single game. Uh, same five guys. Uh, and so by the end of the year, when they were healthy and other teams weren't, it was one of the things that kind of, you know, the, you saw the Falcons still playing at like early season speed, and everybody else was kind of slowing down, and they just ran right by them. Boom, 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 boom. All right. So, you know, staying healthy is a key. What is it about the Atlanta? Is it just good good fortune right now that they that they've been able to stay healthy here, or is there something going on within the, the way Arthur Smith does things that uh, that leads itself to believe that they you know that they can handle injuries not just from a death standpoint, but from a preparation standpoint. Uh, you know, effectively this year. I mean, if if there is something that they're doing, that is definitely going to be a uh, state secret that does not leave the confines of uh, the the uh, Flowery Branch uh, Falcons facility, at least their 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 medical facility. No, I mean, I have to think that it's it's mainly good fortune that they haven't you know rolled an ankle or, or twisted a knee or something like that. But um, you know, at the same time, it's kind of kind of embodies this, this kind of spirit that Arthur Smith has and, and wanting to run the football and be this tough, aggressive, powerful football team. And you know, on the defensive side as well, they're kind of assembling that kind of You attitude. know, in the Green Bay game, I think some fans would be surprised to hear this. Green Bay had 5-0, 50 offensive snaps. 50. That's it. Yeah. Just 50. I mean, the Falcons, you look at the box score, Falcons had 446 yards. Green Bay had 224. Yeah. Falcons had 27 first downs. Green Bay had 17. Time of, I mean, in every metric, you look at that and you think, oh, the Falcons won by 17. They weren't having to come from behind. They dominated the game. Green Bay only had 50 snaps. Keeping that defense fresh, not just for this week, but if you start limiting teams, Harper, to 50 to under 60 snaps a game, you're going to keep that, especially with the rotations and what do they call it, the hockey line change. You do that thing, by the end of the year, your defense is still going to be pretty fresh. Not only are fresh, they're really good, John. They're ranked number three right now. I know we, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, we're ranked number three in the league right now in terms of yards that we give up, and that's one of the main factors that you have. And if you get three and out and they're punting, you know that's another number. Look at how often your opponent's punting 
If they're punting a lot, then that means your defense is doing a great job. And maybe it's five and out, but it doesn't matter. But you're reducing the amount of work that your defense has to do because they're so good, and that just allows you to score points late in the ballgame when you need it. Harper, I have a question for you, and I think you're a you know, good subject to ask this because you played for so many organizations and coaches. Are, are there coaches or ways of coaching that can prevent injuries to some extent, or is, is it mainly – I mean, it's probably mainly luck in your mind, but I'm just kind of curious from a player's perspective. Well, we didn't have hypodermic or hyper whatever the, right. the, the chambers. You know, yeah. I think we've got Hy- one hyperbaric. In, 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 hyperbaric, yeah. Right. Um, Eli Manning was one of the first guys to go. Yeah, I sleep in one of those things uh, for for a few hours here at the building every every week or so. But um, there's a fatigue level. I remember when Jim Moore was coaching uh, in Swampland, and we had a few. We had Jumpy Gathers. We had Ironhead Hayward. We had Brett Maxey, and they had come over from New Orleans, and they would say, we were exhausted in week one because of how hard he worked everybody in training yeah. camp. Yeah, And it carried over. They would be great. When I was in Chicago, Dave Wanstatt was the head coach. He had taken over the Dallas mentality. Jimmy Johnson worked those guys so hard, but maybe a 10-year career was only seven or eight because he worked those guys. But they were exhausted. They won, but the, the fatigue level. I, I don't think it's being easy on the guys, but you're when you preserve when they have to give 100% and lower that number, it allows for guys to recover quicker, and they may not get hurt as much. It's really interesting you say that because Arthur Smith, I think, really worked this team really hard during training camp, but then he doesn't play them in the preseason games, and it's like the, the kind of narrative is, oh, well, like these players aren't getting the work in that they should be, and Sure, there are definitely some kind of advantages that playing preseason snaps those game in those games will give you. But uh, Arthur Smith did work these guys, but then he gave them a lot of rest. It was basically a bye week before heading into week one. Yeah. And still, he's giving guys like Clayus Campbell rest days. Anybody who needs a rest day, a veteran will get it. On the old morning show, we have Will Carroll is one of the leading uh, experts. He does a, a thing called Under the Knife. He was our medical expert on the old uh, show. And he told me, he says, look at all the metrics here. He says, you can never understand broken bones, bones break and, and things of that nature happen. Concussions happen. Uh, but the, the metrics say that after the second week of the NFL season, you know, at that point, the injuries start to go down because yeah. the body's adjusted and you don't get the soft tissue issue, uh, injuries quite as, you know, now you're, you're like game ready. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, through, after two weeks, you see those numbers really start to deplete on soft tissue I- injuries because you're game ready. Your, ba- your body adjusts. Harper, Col- I mean, you played it. I Col- mean, you would know. Uh, we were talking to Calais Campbell. He said that it takes until week four, maybe it takes four games until you're in as good a shape as you're going to be in for a season. In game shape, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And most of the, you know, I think Jamal Anderson got hurt after a big, in week one or week two. Most of the injuries would would match that. You know, the 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 ones that put you out for the rest of the year. And uh, uh, Gardner Johnson's just a typical example of that, you know. You, who, who would have thought that he would be injured and out for the rest of the year with a torn pec? But he was. And so Falcons hopefully will be able to take advantage of the secondary today because of that. What does Arthur Smith say about the quarterback that he's going to face today? And what does Harper have to say about that? And uh, Joe's insight as well as we continue. Wait for Tailgate Show live this morning on a Rise Up Falcons game day. Leading you to a 1 o'clock kick with Wes and Dave live from Ford Field in Detroit. Lions and Falcons on Sports Radio 92 on the game. We know the opponent that's coming in. This is... Uh... This is a physical, um, uh, violent team uh, coming off of two wins, two big wins, um, playing pretty good football right now. So certainly we got our hands full and uh, we got to be on top of our game uh, to get out there and compete, try to get a win here. 
back at home. So uh, this will be day one. Our guys will be ready to go. Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, knowing full well after the overtime loss to the Seahawks at Ford Field last week that they can ill afford in all these tiebreakers. Because remember, Seattle's a conference game. This uh, a conference game to lose conference games at home. And those are the kind of thing come back to bite you when you're talking about Week 17, Week 18. In the NFL, it is the Falcons and the Lions. The Lions' slight favorites in the game. They opened at 5. They're down to 3. I think I actually saw 2.5 today uh, for a line in this game. A 1 o'clock kick. John Fricky, Harper LaBelle, and Joe Patrick on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show as we bring you the Falcons' keys to the game here. Let's talk a little bit about this. Arthur Smith talking about uh, Jared Goff and the quarterback he's going to face in Detroit today. Yeah, uh, he's a good player. You know, the guy I think's very underrated. I mean, he was the number one pick. Clearly, has an elite skill set, and the guy's won a lot of games in this league as a starter. So, took a team to the Super Bowl, won a lot of football games. So he's a good player. I'm not sure why he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like I said, it'll be a, be a challenge. They got a good, fo- good football team. They got a good line, tough receivers, defense playing well. Right? They re- the secondary is uh, aggressive. You know, we're looking forward to it. It'll be a good challenge. Yeah. Well, and Jared Goff to that uh, Harper Labelle. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit. A lot of people thought when he uh, happened to, you know, and certainly Matt Stafford went out and won a Super Bowl. Uh, but when that trade happened, they went, "Oh man, the the the, the Lions got just totally fleeced." Uh, but Jared Goff also went to, as Arthur Smith said, a Super Bowl, and maybe we don't actually give him enough credit. Yeah, they kind of fell apart in that Super Bowl game. They couldn't score against the Patriots. But uh, you think he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because Stafford goes out to L.A. where he had been throughout his whole career and, and wins one right away? Do you think there's any chip? 100%. Yep. He's 50 out of 70, Jared Goff. He's got 576 yards passing, four touchdowns. The one interception that he has, John, that's the first pick he's had in 383 attempts. This was last week. That's the third longest streak in NFL history to throw that many passes without an interception. He's on. I'm sorry. He's got a great offensive line. Everyone is a first or a second rounder, all those guys that he's got. Now, two of them are out. I understand that. But Mm -hmm. they've got some big bodies in front of him, and the healthy guys – are amazing and they protect him. I think they like him. I know he's not a elite quarterback in many people's minds. He doesn't have the panache that some of the others. You know, he's not a Mahomes and he's not going to be Dak Prescott. But uh, his numbers speak for themselves. He's he's a guy I'm worried about today. Absolutely, if he has a big day today, I don't like my Falcon chances. I think one of the reasons that he's not kind of in this in this category of these top NFL quarterbacks that we talk a lot of, a lot about is because he doesn't have that running component to his game. He's very much kind of a more you know quote unquote old school like pocket style passer. Where he's the, a drop back. He's the a NFL drop back is guy. kind of moving away from that. Uh, there's a lot of different launch points and, and teams are doing a lot of different things with their quarterbacks now in terms of where they get the ball out from. Uh, but yeah, but to your point, everything that you said is totally true. And also just the experience that he brings to this team. When you're down by two offensive linemen, you want an experienced quarterback who can help sort out protections, who can really just do his best to, to help that line come along during a course of a game. And I think that Jared Goff is, Arthur Smith's totally right. I think he's been really disrespected in a lot of ways throughout and, and his career. I think, too, Joe, about it, Megatron retired and, and he doesn't have that guy to go to that is going to win the game. He doesn't have a Julio Jones in his roster. So he's got to spread the ball around and make these other guys better. And I think he's done a great job of it. But there isn't a superstar in Detroit 
uh, in terms of a specialist, either the running back, the wide receiver, the tight ends. But watch out for LaPorsche today. That guy can yep. catch the ball. Yeah. Then there are the running backs. I do find it so interesting, Harper, that uh, we've had this big discussion in the offseason about how running backs are devalued and the position has been devalued. And then you lose a Nick Chubb and everybody goes, oh, no. And then you know, Saquon goes down and everybody goes, oh, no. And suddenly you get into a game like this today where Bijan Robinson has lit the world on fire in the NFL and everybody goes, wow, look at that guy and what he could do. Same is true of Jameer Gibbs, both taken in the top 12 picks of the draft, the former Georgia Tech star, Alabama star. He's got a lot of hops. He's a quick, shifty guy. He's hard to get a hold of, and he's going to present some problems for that Falcons team today. Give credit to the front office for trading down and still getting the guy that they wanted. That's not easy to do. You know, somebody's going to take him, but because there's a, a limited value, I think the Falcons made a great pick. I've mentioned it. When you get the second overall guy with the eight pick that you're stealing, it shouldn't happen. The second guy should go probably third or fourth at the latest for us to get him at eight in Bijan. That's a steal. But for you to trade down and move, get another pick and then still get the guy that you want because he's available. Now, I don't know. Jamal, uh, Jamal Gibbs, is a, he's a littler guy, a mm-hmm. small body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear he's a fantastic receiver. And just like Bijan, his start and stops is is off the charts. He's, he's amazing. Um, because he was a little bit smaller, he didn't get as much time as the bigger guys at Alabama, but uh, he's he's a player. Well, and if we're talking about keys to the game, one of them's got to be, speaking of Jameer Gibbs, you got to limit the amount of explosive plays that you allow to him. Because when you look at this Fal- or this uh, Lions offense right now, we just went through the injury report. Like There aren't that many guys who can beat you, especially when I'm on St. Brown. I'm on St. Brown is... Uh, you know, limited basically with uh, limited capabilities with this toe issue that he's got. So that's going to be really important. And I do wonder how the Falcons are going to go about defending Jameer Gibbs. Um, they have a linebacker in Troy Anderson who is super athletic, who can keep up with him. And Arthur Smith always says that one of the reasons we use Troy Anderson is because he can match up with running backs and tight ends and really guard them. But, um, you know, he's coming off an injury, so we'll see how well he'll be able to do that today. But to go back to him, just make one more point really quickly. At the top of the show, we were kind of talking about some of the comparisons we'd make between Arthur Smith and Dan Campbell. Um, and I think that the fact that both of them kind of went after running backs in in the first round of this draft kind of brings that together nicely. You know, the the bad thing for Detroit is David Montgomery's actually played pretty darn well oh, this yeah. year. I mean, yeah. had a really good game against the Chiefs. And uh, they kind of thunder and lightning this. Now they're going to have to feature without Montgomery, feature Jameer Gibbs. How, mu- how many reps they want to give him to? I mean, is that a guy you would give 20 carries, 22 carries to uh, in the course of the game, uh, 30 touches in the course of a game? Maybe. I mean, he's, he's certainly capable of doing that. We saw that in college. So uh, we'll see how, they, how much of a workload he has to carry for this team. It is the Wayford Tailgate Show leading to the uh, network pregame show. Top of the hour in about half an hour. Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson do a 1 o'clock kick in Detroit. On the other side of the ball there, Harper Lavelle, we look at the Atlanta Falcons and their offensive attack again. We do not know, as Joe reported earlier, uh, it is a game-time decision, I guess, best way to put it, for CP84 as to whether or not he's going to suit up and play that joker position today. Detroit is all, all, all banged up on defense, and especially in the secondary where they're without their superstar safety uh, slash cornerback, do-it-all guy, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They're without Joseph. They're without their starting cornerback. They're going to be playing a lot of backups out there. Is this an area that you exploit? Is this an area that you play action to? Uh, Do you try to take shots downfield and get those, uh, uh, you know, uh, backup safeties a little bit deeper to uh, open up the run game? How do you attack this if you are Dave Ragone? Detroit's listed number 22. Early in the season, there's only a few yards that are separating the teams, but they're ninth against the rush. So in their top 10, 
but against the pass, they're 26. They they rank uh, 28th against scoring. But that uh, overtime game against Seattle last week kind of bumped them up out of the uh, middle of the of the pack. So understanding that they're already not very good against the pass, and then you've got two or three guys in your secondary that are out or are hurt, and I think that's the first place that you have to look at. If you're just looking at numbers, what's the most obvious thing in front of you? They don't stop the, the, the pass very well, so I think we're going to throw the ball a lot more. I, I know we're going to stay balanced. We're going to have to run the ball, but I think we're going to see greater success today in the passing game. I, I totally agree with that. I do think that the Falcons will be kind of pushed to throw the ball more because of the, what Detroit is lacking in their secondary. But one thing I want to see them do before they start throwing the ball is establish the threat of Desmond Ritter running with the football because I felt like that opened up so much for this Falcons offense against Green Bay. If you go back to Desmond Ritter's touchdown throw that he had to Drake London, we kind of rolled out to the left and then kind of you know, had a little bit of a sidearm throw, uh, kind of Patrick Mahomes-esque. Uh, that starts because there is the threat of Desmond Ritter actually running that ball into the end zone. Of course, he then carries the ball into the end zone later in the game. So that is uh, going to be an important component of this Falcons offense down throughout the season. And I think it's just something that you have to establish as much as we talk about establishing the running game overall with Bijan and Tyler Algier. Well, well with Bijan and Tyler, though, I mean, you do have – a 1,000-yard rusher and the guy that everybody's talking about when it comes to rookies on the offensive side of the football in the NFL. And if you're Detroit, how much does that require you to be very wary of or to bite on or to be, you know, a play action becomes a, a real thing today for the Atlanta Falcons, doesn't it? Yeah, and you the role reversal in Game 1, Tyler Algier comes in and has a couple of big gains. You know, he's 70, 80 yards, whatever he had. And then Bijan has 124 last week. Um, you mentioned something off the air, and, and Desmond didn't look like he wanted to run in week one. Yeah. yeah. It, something was – whatever. And and I don't know if that was a coaching decision to just stay behind the line. Yeah. But it appeared that he didn't move the pocket. There were a couple of times that I remember he was going to roll out and try a bootleg or at least get out in space. Um, and the deep, especially Carolina, they're familiar with that. Uh, they, they've seen it. Marcus Mariota did it all the time. Uh, they were ready for it. But I think they'll, you know, getting him out in space and having Desmond give him just a, a split second extra time to set his feet. That to me is what he excels at. And you want to get quarterbacks in position where they're comfortable and they're able to do what they do best. And I, I think we'll see a lot of that today. And establishing that zone read is also going to help, uh, you know keep Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson from just pinning his ears back and going at you. If you make those edge rushers have something to think about when you're you know protecting against that quarterback zone read, uh, that's going to help you even in the passing game just uh, protect yourself and give you more time. All right, so Harper, uh, as you look at the Falcons' defense against Jared Goff on the road, against Jameer Gibbs, against uh, even somewhat of a limited uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, we'll, we'll say he's still, he's still Amon Ross St. Brown, and, and the tight end, who has to have a big game for you today for the Atlanta Falcons? Who are you looking at to saying, you know, has to have that Jesse Bates, and maybe it is Jesse Bates, that Jesse Bates kind of game today? I think uh, Bud Dupree, although he hasn't practiced much, Lorenzo Carter, I think our edges yep. are going to have to come yep. out, and if they can put pressure, if you force him back in the middle, then Grady and Omanyata or David are going to have a, a big game too. They'll, they'll have cleanup sacks. It may not be for more than three or four yards, but at least get Jared down. Because I don't think he's a runner in the first place. And again, their offensive line is fantastic. But if we can get pressure on him with four, then I think that's a win for the Falcons. And you, you, throw, you, you force him to throw the ball early, and that's where Bates and 
Hawkins and even even the cornerbacks. Okuda might get one today because you know he's going to probably want to go after one. Wouldn't it be great for him against his former team? <laughs> be hey, beautiful. you were hurt all the times. So you were a number one pick, but you, we we can't trust you to be in our lineup. Well, well, I'll show you how mm-hmm. how good I am in this lineup. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think Jeff has a big game today too. Yeah, I totally agree with you on the edge rushers. And when you look at the fact that they're going to be without their starting left tackle and Taylor Decker, um, it's the perfect time to try to get at them. And it's something that we haven't seen yet from this Falcons defense. Really, it's kind of the one missing thing that they have had is just this edge rusher and being able to get home to the quarterback um, with some of these pass rushers. They've had to obviously bring the blitzers to be able to do that. And if you give Jared Goff enough time, he's going to be able to pick you apart. And when you give a player like Jameer Gibbs, who we've talked about, who's going to get a lot more playing time today, able to get uh, get open on routes, he's so quick and explosive, you do not want to give him that time. Yeah, I agree with uh, Harper, and I agree with you too, Joe. I think Bud Dupree and even Arnold Ebicady, I think, uh, need to yeah, show up today. And let's mm-hmm. see you, uh, you get on that plus side uh, and uh, do a little Georgia Tech. When I say Georgia Tech, if you didn't see Georgia Tech last night against Wake Forest, eight sacks. Kevin Kennard of Georgia Tech had four by himself. <laughs> let's hope James Harrison gets his first. Ohio State had a big night last night. Yeah, uh, let's hope yeah. he gets uh, some into the action. Well. Another guy, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Uh, from the Kia studios as we head towards the uh, network coverage at 11 o'clock this morning on a Falcons game day on Sports Radio 92 on the game. When we get back in a moment, what is the biggest concern for Harper? What's the biggest concern for Joe going into this game? Harper Music brought to you by DJ Noel and uh, produced by Harper Lavelle with a Detroit theme this week. As we get you ready for the Lions and the Falcons, a 1 o'clock kick at Ford Field. Uh, Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson warming up at the bullpen. Saw them during the uh, break here, said hello. As we get ready for this uh, game, the Lions 1-1, one one, Falcons 2-0. and oh, And Mike Johnson even said to me, he said, you know, you go to 3-0, and oh, Harper, and your odds of making the playoffs go up to 75%. But that's only on a strict number thing. You're going to go to 3-0. and oh, You'd be 3-0 and oh in the conference with tiebreakers over two teams in Chicago. Uh, pardon me, in Green Bay. And Detroit, that uh, you know, could, <laughs> not Chicago, not, not Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> uh, Green Bay, and Detroit, that uh, you know, that that might come seriously into play come week seventeen. Yeah, your NFC schedule and how that works from for tiebreakers is important. They used to break the game when it was sixteen games. Now it's seventeen, so it doesn't necessarily apply the same way. What you break the season into four four game quarters, right? Quarter of a season. If you go three and one, three and one, three and one, three and one, then you're going to be twelve and four. You could probably win your division. You'll get a bye week, and then you uh, get to host a, a playoff game. So, I, with that mentality, they're halfway there in the first quarter, but at least they're on the right pace. You know, instead of one and one or zero oh and two. Uh, you're in a great place to be. You go three and one or four and zero. Oh, uh, you're way ahead of the ball game. Let me ask you guys this: I'd like to get both your thoughts. Are the Falcons where you thought they would be now coming into the season? Because yes. when you do your wins losses, right? I had them at two and zero. Oh I had them at, at two point. and zero. Oh. I had them at, uh, and then I had them at four and two after six games. Yep, I, I had the exact same. I had two. I had two and zero. Oh. Then two and two, and then four and two. So right. I'm, I'm right there so with I you. I had this as a loss. I, I did too. Coming into the season, now, going to, on the I, I road to Detroit, mm, certainly seen that way. Not, seen. not as much now. <laughs> well, I think the Falcons are a little bit better than I thought they might be, and I think Detroit's all banged up here. So, yeah. but having said that, what concerns you the most today, Harper? Uh, I think the crowd taking over and being a twelfth man and staying in the game the whole way, and us making silly mistakes, you know, and uh, an interception that's deflected off of a completion or a fumble. Um, those are concerning every week, but uh, um, 
if you have a chance to take the air out of the balloon and, and really reduce the amount of the uh, the road game, because this is your, really your first road game, the the one in the preseason, hardly anyone played in Miami. So this, it's been over a month since we've been on the road. So it, that'll About be six weeks. Yeah, six weeks because you played your final two preseason yep. games at home. They haven't been away from since, Atlanta for six solid since weeks. They were in Miami for that preseason game. Yeah. Seems like an eternity. It ago. T- well, it was, yeah, a month and a half ago. Yeah, and, you know, and then, of course they fly an hour and forty five to Wayne County, and next week they fly eight and a half hours to Heathrow. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Joe, what concerns you the most? What concerns me the most is this Falcons pass rush. We were just talking about it in the last segment, but I mean, they're going by PFF grading. They're 10th worst in the league. The Falcons are in uh, pass rush. Uh, they've gotten home a couple times, but they've had to bring pressure to be able to do it. And I think that it's important in this game because of some of the playmakers. I mean, again, I'm just uh, Jameer Gibbs, I think, is is an explosive athlete who can really kind of gouge you. And I think that that's what I, I, I fear about happening to the Falcons is him just being able to pick up chunk play after chunk play if 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 Goff is not getting pressured and getting off his spot. So um, I think that it's going to be very important, as important as it has been in any game so far this season for the Falcons to really get after the quarterback. But, you know, rushing defense, the Falcons rank fourth best in the NFL, according to PFS grading. So they've got that covered. And Jameer Gibbs is not a guy that you typically is going to think that they're just going to kind of you know, line it up, smash mouth and run it into you. He's going to be a guy that they want to use and get around on the perimeter of the field. This portion of the uh, tailgate show brought to you by Fireshire, the official sauce of our tailgate. Fireshire from the W Sauce, bigger, bolder, better, and now even spicier. Visit the WSauce.com to find a retailer near you. How about you, John? What's what's uh, most concerning to you as you're uh, filling up the balloon with lots of helium and ready to let them all fly with, with the Falcons and being 2-0 right now? Uh, it's Jared Goff. Yeah. It's, it's yep. Jared Goff. Uh, you just, uh, suddenly you get somebody that's on a heater, uh, you know, even with a, being a steel uh, a, a plate in his toe and a shoe. Amon Rossi Brown can beat you deep. Uh, you know the Falcons. You know you were talking about it off the uh, off the air there a little bit about how the Falcons have struggled to cover tight ends, which yeah. is a concerning thing in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, it was a struggle for them all last year. And then if you even look at this year, last week against Luke Musgrave, he had a, he's a rookie and new to he hadn't even played much tight end, but was picking up had had a couple of nice plays and then in week 1 Hayden Hurst looked like Carolina's best pass catcher most dangerous pass catcher and uh, Bryce Young was clearly looking for him even though he got he picked had, off a couple times Hayden had five receptions against us yep. I think he had one or two against uh, yep. yeah in the game last yep. week and Laporte um, up and comer. Do you think the Falcons have a good chance of matching scores if we get behind early and you have to put that type of pressure where you know golf's uh, we're down 7-3 let's say and then we get the ball yes, back Yes but yes but I mean if we if we're able to run the ball sure but if we if we're, we're told we have to pass the ball. Are you a hundred on that? If not, we have to pass, no, not not yet. Yeah, I, 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 I hope I we do it. But I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I look at Desmond's numbers, and it's just it. You know, we're we're, we're a you know 150 yeah. yard average in the air, and that we have to be at 300. Yeah, yeah. Can can Desmond? If Desmond got into a situation where he had to throw the ball 28 times and throw for 300 yards, could he do it? Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because Arthur Smith and the fantasy community do not get along at all. But one of the things that fantasy football players love is a quarterback who they know is going to be in a situation where they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. That typically is a team that's losing big in games where they have just have to chuck it, you know, start dropping back and chucking it. And Arthur Smith's teams do not find themselves in those situations. Even when they were last year, when they were a, a much less talented roster they only uh, they only lost by more than one score twice. Twice. So yeah. they were in every single ball game, and that, I think that's just that's just one thing that Arthur Smith prioritized above everything else is not letting yourself get in those situations where you got to drop drop back with your 
the year before I got here in 91, the 90 team from Atlanta, my dad was living out here and uh, he would say, man, this Falcon team is fun to watch. It was Jerry Glanville's first year. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they went right to the end of the game. They would lose it most often. And he, Jerry started 0-5, but um, they were fun to watch because yeah. they were competitive. They were tough. And I think high this, scoring. Yeah, in many, many cases. Uh, so I don't think we're as high scoring as we were, but I think it's very interesting to see how, you know, if things turn, and they will, they do in every game. I mean, we had to come back last week in the fourth quarter, but, uh, you know, how that will pan out today. All right, John, I got to ask a question. I guess we'll do this once a week. Detroit Lions, you can, I can only buy you one jersey. Mm. And that right now I'm going to say, I'm taking Barry Sanders off the shelf. Because everybody would right. say, I want a Barry Sanders <laughs> yeah. jersey, Hall of Famer, absolutely. Who is your next selection saying that Barry Sanders w- would not be your first pick? I'll go first. Uh, I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, shout out to the Buckeyes who had a big win last night. Jeff Okuda. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Jeff Okuda, yeah, I'll get a Jeff Okuda shirt. Um, it's got to be Chris Spielman. I mean, he's a legendary. The neck. Lion. Right, the neck. Yeah, the neck. Um, just like, you know, really embodied, I think, the position in the era that he played in. Like, Chris Spielman was your was your prototype middle, middle linebacker and obviously a great uh, kind of ambassador for. And he was still in the organization. So. He's still in the front office. Yeah. Chris yeah. is. How about Great you, John? Guy. All right, I'm going to say something that he, all right, all right, at the risk of sounding old, but you have well, to know, you have to, you have to get this, and you, so, there'll be one or two people in the audience who get it. I think Harper will get it too. George Plimpton, number zero. How about you, Paper Lion? Are you kidding me? You had to go deep Ooh. in the well for that. All right, explain, explain <laughs> to John. That's what I'm saying. Explain, George Plimpton. Explain George. Plimpton. Googling him they now. Made, they made the movie. Uh, George Plimpton was a writer, and he wanted to know what he it was, was a like. Sports writer. Yeah. And, and his thing was, he would go to training Is this camp. Paper Lion. Yeah, Paper yeah. Lion. Okay. They made a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper Lion. Yeah. He went to he went to spring training with a baseball team and pitched in a spring training game. He 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 would go live the life of an athlete and then write about it for Sports Illustrated. And uh, he did the he did it with Detroit. He got into a spring, had one play in a spring training. He was a punter, didn't he punt in the? I, I forget. They did no, something I thought it with him. been a quarterback and handed off, right? I, Maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe you're it right. was that. Yeah, all <laughs> I had to do is take the staff here. and hand it George, off. George Plimpton. Oh my gosh, for you to go in the well there—that's that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, you had thought um, Megatron, you Calvin Johnson, yeah, yeah, Stafford for yeah. uh, anybody yeah. in Georgia. I'm sure yeah. they would be Small happy to have but that there, jersey. It's not, it's not a large population to pick from for there, this it's, particular it's team. Really, <laughs> it <yeah>. is. <laughs> Mine was uh, Bobby Lane. I got to meet Bobby when I was in college. He, uh, uh, any gray-haired uh, Detroit fan would know that he was the guy back in the '50s when they were winning uh, world championships. Uh, number 22, Bobby Lane. That would be the number I'd want. Uh, at the top of the hour, that would be NFL championships because the Lions won four teams that have never made the Super Bowl. At the top of the hour, the uh, Mike Johnson, Chris Goforth experience known as the Network Pregame Show, leading you to uh, our coverage of the game with uh, Dave Archer, West Durham, on the call from Ford Field today. It is a game day. Next up, Harper's prediction for the game, Joe's prediction for the game, my prediction for the game on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. Have a game without a tailgate party. Perfect. There you go. The Wade Ford Tailgate Show is on Sports Radio 929 the game. Yeah, tailgate party today in studio, but there's a big watch party for this game. It is at McCray's in Smyrna. If you're in the Mableton, Smyrna, Marietta area, North Atlanta, we want you to come to McCray's. In Smyrna, in about a little over an hour from now, Ray Buchanan, big oh. play Ray, 
and I are going to be hosting a watch party for the Falcons and the Lions at McCray's in Smyrna. Uh, we've got uh, tickets to give away for Atlanta Falcons tickets, signed jerseys to draw for. So a lot of prizes. Big play. Come meet Ray Buchanan. They would do past the magic with yeah. Ray Buchanan. They would do the little finger thing. Right, exactly. And um, so uh, come, come join us at McCray's Tavern again. McCray's in Smyrna at noon. If you're in the area, come by and let's uh, watch a little rise up. All right, we got uh, about 90 seconds left here, Joe. Give me your prediction for the game. Really tough one to tell because of all these injuries, but I am going to give the edge to the Falcons in a really, really close one. I'm going to go with a 24-23 final. Well, just like last week. Yeah, right. Very similar, I think. Yeah, I think last year we take, took advantage of uh, injuries with Cleveland and with San Francisco. They were depleted. If we're able to do it on the road this time, that would be absolutely fantastic. Again, 3-0 and is a place where you want to be from your normal schedule, but also your playoff percentages are just off the charts in terms yep. of your favor. If I'm going to watch a game with you, what am I watching with you today? What are we watching? We're watching well, the, I'm, yeah, the Falcons. I know, the but what are you specifically watching oh, for? Oh, what do you I, need to see? I, I want to see Desmond Ritter go downfield against this depleted secondary. Yep. I want to see Matt yep. Collins. I want to see Drake London. I want to see Kyle Pitts get, get free Kyle Pitts uh, on a post route and maybe take one to the house. There are some... I got 20 D- seconds. Go Detroit quick. locals that are saying their coaches, <laughs> their inside linebackers, are really worried about okay, Kyle Pitts Give today. me a score, Diddy. Uh, 10 seconds. Uh, 17, no, uh, 35-30. Okay, that's good. Uh, ESPN says uh, experts like the the Lions by 10. I like the Falcons by 10. I'll go 31-21. Falcons take this game. All right, stand by for the network pregame show. My thanks to Noelle White. Uh, She is our executive producer for Harper LaBelle and Joe. It's game day on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.